Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. The Ford F-150 truck drives smart design forward. The standard 12-inch productivity screen helps you get what you need done too. And the available Pro-Access tailgate improves access to bed and cargo and utilization of the bed, including when towing a trailer. Together with a wider bumper step, it's easier to access the bed and load in tight spaces. An available Pro Power onboard serves as a mobile power source, providing up to 7.2 kilowatts of power to charge a bed full of electric dirt bikes or run an entire job site worth of tools. I'm still driving my 2016 F-150 truck and 90,000 miles in. As long as I keep it clean, it honestly still looks brand new. I've taken it down snow-covered forest service roads, taken it out camping, put a ton of miles on on the freeway, had five adults in the cabin for long trips, and it's been great everywhere. Super dependable. I still love the way it looks, nice and rugged design, but with a super comfortable interior. And I'm still very happy with the quality sound system and heated seats. And since I bought my 2016 F-150 truck, the list of standard amenities that make a truck feel like a luxury vehicle have only grown. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Find your local Ford dealer at Ford.com. Pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024. See owner's manual for important operating instructions. All right, time for some Freemasons. Part two, time suckers. If you've not listened to part one, push pause on this bad boy. Listen to Friday's episode first. It'll give you a much better understanding of today's episode. You've been warned. Do the Freemasons work hand-in-hand with the Illuminati? Are the Freemasons and the Illuminati one and the same? Is Alex Jones a Freemason? Was Jack the Ripper a Freemason? Did George Washington, definitely a Freemason, uh, build the Washington, D.C. monument to the Dark Lord Lucifer? Is Alec Jones actually Bill Hicks? Do Jewish Zionists control the Freemason Illuminati? Who are the trilateralists? What is the Bilderberg Group? What the fuck do they have to do with the Illuminati? Why do I keep seeing Illuminati instead of Freemason? Am I the Illuminati? So many questions on today's wackadoodle episode of Time Suck. You're listening. Hello, Time Suckers, and happy Monday. I'm Dan Cummins, a.k.a. the Master Sucker, a.k.a. Captain Suck, a.k.a. Reverend uh, Dr. Sucker. And you just snuck your brain to the living, beating heart of the cult of the curious. Recording from the Suck Dungeon, Suck Studio, Suck Lair, Padawan Sucker, Josh Krell, working the levels. Uh, Happy 21st birthday to Josh. Big birthday, and he's still getting the job done. Uh, this episode, if it does show up a little late, uh, just unexpected technical difficulties. You know, we're just still uh, still getting the uh, studio figured out. I think somebody moved in above, and uh, I don't know what's going on up there. I don't know if they're having an old school CB radio party, but we had some weird frequency interference and uh, just delayed things a bit and made us use different recording equipment. And if you hear a little jingle jangle, it's because uh, Penny Poopers is uh, hanging around the studio. She, uh, I was away for the weekend. I didn't want to leave her home. I felt guilty. Okay, so quick tour dates, and then on to the Freemasons. Uh, big thank you to all the Indianapolis suckers who came out this past week, and Saturday especially, man, when the first show was sold out, second show was almost sold out of Morty's, I felt like just like the whole crowd was time suckers, and it made the show the best. A lot of time suckers came out Friday as well, uh, so keep coming out, suckers. Let's keep, the, let's keep the party going. It's been so much fun. It makes the shows just ah, the, the, the best of, I've ever done. Uh, next shows in Providence, Rhode Island, January 19th, 20th. No show in Chicopee, Massachusetts on January 21st. I am sorry. The venue went out of business. And uh, whoever was going out of business, I guess, was so caught up in their own shit, they didn't care about warning anybody. 
Uh, so, you know, bummer. Sorry about that. I will get back to Massachusetts. Working on setting up a 2018 Boston show at a, at a healthier venue. Uh, Philadelphia, January 25 through 27. Baltimore, January 28th at Magoobies. Tickets are on sale for that now. Uh, Chicago, January 31st through February 3rd. Zanies, one of my favorite clubs in the country. Uh, New York City, Gotham Comedy Club, where I recorded my first Comedy Central set many, many years ago. One night only, February 11th. Those tickets are going now. Get in on that. Uh, Detroit, February 16th at the Magic Bag in Ferndale. The boys from Small Town Murder. Tickets are almost sold out for the 7 p.m. stand-up show. Uh, tickets are on sale for, uh, for the 10 p.m. Swapcast live podcast with Small Town Murder. Small Town Time Suck? Time Suck Town Murder? I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be called. It's going to be a blast, though. And, uh, and there are still t- you know, some tickets available for the stand-up show, so be sure and just get those. Uh, more tour dates at uh, either dancummins.tv, timesuckpodcast.com. Minneapolis tickets are on sale. Stand-up shows March 2nd, 3rd. Very limited tickets. Live Time Suck Podcast Saturday, March 3rd at 2 p.m. Very, very limited seating for that. Uh, another live podcast just added in Spokane, Washington. Uh, one show only, Sunday night, May 6th. More announcements at the end of the show, including additional tour dates. Now, time for some Freemasonry. So who are the Freemasons really? Are they just a fraternal order? Just a boys club? The grown-up equivalent of Blood Brothers having secret handshakes, using code words to get into the Tree Fort Clubhouse? What's up with the third Illuminati eye? Why is the Illuminati symbol also associated with Freemasons? Well, here's what they say at the website for the uh, George Washington Masonic National Memorial. It says, one of the most extensive sources of our symbolism is the great light and masonry. There, we find several references to the all-seeing eye of the supreme being, especially in the books classified as wisdom literature. Some of the earliest are from, uh, from the book of Psalms. The majority of the songs in this book were written between 816, or I'm sorry, in 600 BC and were used in the ceremonies held at the Temple of Solomon. The symbol recurs numerous times in these beautiful ancient hymns, such as the Lord is in his holy temple, the Lord's throne is in heaven, his eyes behold, his eyelids try the children of men. Or uh, behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy. Or uh, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. Now here the uh, divine gaze is celebrated as profoundly concerned with justice. According to psalmists, the supreme being observes his creation from the super, uh, supernatural throne in the celestial temple, uh, gazing with approval on those who are aware of his presence and who follow the moral law. Similar uses of the symbol of the eye of God may be found in the book of Proverbs, which introduces the idea that the eyes of the Lord preserve knowledge. And then there's another book, the book, uh, it's, it's the wisdom of Ben Sarah, also known as uh, Ecclesiasticus. Uh, maybe one of the most important sacred sources for the symbolism for which we are so familiar. This is a book that is part of the biblical canon for some branches of Christianity, such as Catholicism, not for others, such as Anglican. Uh, it was written in the second century BC, and it reiterates the theme of uh, uh, omniscience, you know, and his eyes are upon them that fear him, and he knoweth every work of man. Uh, later, Ben Sira uses languages that more directly evoke the common iconogra- uh, iconographic uh, depictions of the all-seeing eye. Uh, the eyes of the Lord are 10,000 times brighter than the sun, beholding all the ways of men, considering the most secret parts. This image of the divine gaze is uh, more luminous than 10,000 suns is a source in biblical literature for Western uh, iconography's depiction of the eye of God with brilliant glory. Uh, the theme of the divine gaze is found in the New Testament as well. The letter to uh, Hebrews says, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. 
right? Isn't that weird? The third eye, which now, especially combined with the pyramid, is so associated with the Illuminati, which is very closely associated with the devil, uh, actually has biblical origins and was a symbol associated by many with God's power, right? Who knew? Uh, I picked the third eye to be part of the Time Sucks, you know, iconography because its association with conspiracies felt right for a show that digs into a lot of conspiracies and because I associate it with enlightenment, you know, which is what I want this show to be about and because I'm a card-carrying member of the Illuminati. Uh, I joined it. I joined in 97. Uh, dues were cheaper. Uh, now you got to go, you got to sacrifice, I think, two people instead of one, which is what I was able to pull off, you know, back then. And, uh, and it didn't have to be a baby when I joined. Uh, I just, I pushed a homeless guy in front of a train. And that's how they, that's a couple guys in cloaks watched me. They marked it on the card. And uh, now I get to be part of the uh, one world government. No, uh, I, I, I didn't know. It also had historical association with God's uh, omnipotence, though. I think it's just funny considering what what people now seem to associate the Florida and I with, right? Just just my how things change, right? That's kind of what today's episode is all about: meanings and associations changing over time. And then, because most of us are so unfamiliar with history, we accept the modern interpretation, which in many cases is based on absolute horseshit, on nothing but just malarkey and bulldust. Remember that old replacement swear from last week? Uh, many of the conspiracies regarding uh, who the Freemasons really are have twisted and turned greatly over the years, and many of them have folded into other conspiracies. And then, you know, most conspiracies about secret societies, I have learned, actually eventually fold into Freemasonry. So, uh, okay. So let's dig into some of these uh, juicy old conspiracies, time suckers. Some good old Dan Brown type uh, shit. There are so many conspiracies about the Freemasons. Let's look into some of the bigger, some of the wackier ones, see what we can learn about, you know, when they originated, why they originated, where. First up, the Illuminati. Let's talk about who they actually are and, and where this conspiracy comes from. To lay this out, I actually, I actually need to bounce around a bit historically. Uh, to understand the modern paranoia surrounding the Illuminati, we, we need to understand Zionism. Now, I'm not sure if you recall the term Zionist. I know I've tossed it out once or twice in previous episodes. Uh, I believe I mentioned it in the Idiots of the Internet segment of the Einstein episode, Time Suck 67. Uh, a true Zionist is a supporter of Zionism, a person who believes in the development and protection of a Jewish nation in what is now Israel. Uh, the term was coined in 1890 by uh, Nathan uh, Birnbaum. And Zionism is a national liberation movement of the Jewish people, which holds that all Jews, like the people of any other nation, are entitled to a homeland. Now, I'm not sure why that's uh, hard to understand or what's hard to understand about that desire. You know, all people, all tribes, they want a home. Uh, I do understand the Palestinian side of not wanting to, uh, you know, give up a portion of where you were living to someone who uh, used to live there, though, as well. You know, imagine if like 100 years from now, China has become far and away the most important military and economic leader of the world. You know, they got military bases all around the globe now. They're calling the shots. And then for whatever reason, they become very good friends with the Cherokee people. Right. And they decide that, you know, it's only fair that the Cherokee be given their homeland back. And suddenly several states are no longer part of the United States and are now part of Cherokee Nation. I would understand the sense of fairness. In, in the Cherokee, you know, getting gaining back ownership of some of their homeland. But I would also understand non-Cherokee citizens who had nothing to do with the original ousting of the Cherokee people, you know, uh, over, uh, you know, a couple centuries ago who now just have lost their country. But I digress. Should probably save any any Israeli-Palestinian convo for a suck specifically on that conflict, I guess. So, so Nathan Birnbaum, uh, originator of the term Zionist. Uh, he was a writer and journalist who promoted Jewish autonomy in an international organization of the Jewish people and culture. And he was doing that in the Austrian Empire of the late 19th, early 20th century when uh, anti-Semitism was rife and rampant. The seeds are being sown for the eventual formation of the Nazi party. So again, his interest in Jewish autonomy makes sense. He's a man tired of the country and culture he lives in continually shitting on his people. 
You know, he's tired of centuries of anti-Semitic ignorant prejudice. He doesn't at least outwardly want to bring Christianity to its knees. He does uh, want Christianity to leave Judaism the fuck alone. And he's not the only one, you know, so some meetings are organized, pro-Zionist meetings, meetings held in Yiddish. Uh-oh, people start speaking in Yiddish. Aryans start getting nervous. Aryan feathers start getting ruffled. What are, what are they meeting about? Why, why, why are you guys, hey, why are you guys speaking, why are you guys speaking your G language? Why do, why do you want your own land? Oh, man, what if they want all our land? What if they're talking about eating our babies? Why must they eat our Christian babies? Why must they sacrifice our Christian babies to their Christ-killing devil, just devil Jew God? I don't, I don't know why that uh, uh, old-timey German guy was suddenly a, uh, a Northwestern redneck, but that's the accent I went with. And Austria is not the only place where the, where the Jewish people are not liked at this time. They're also not liked in nearby Eastern Russia. There was actually so much anti-Semitism and violence towards Russian Jews. An actual term was born, a, uh, a pogrom, which is defined as an organized massacre of a particular ethnic group, in particular, that of Jews in Russia or Eastern Europe. The origins of that word going back to around 1880. So anti-Semitic propaganda is being pushed out in Russia like crazy. So much. It's, it's real hot. Uh, you know, it's real popular. It's being pushed out in various places all over Europe in the late 19th century. In the rise of the Third Reich episode, Time Suck bonus episode number three, we learned a little bit about that. Well, an especially evil uh, piece of anti-Semitic propaganda is created by the Russian secret police at the very tail end of the 19th century, the exact date, lost to history, in 1903, portions of the Protocols of the Elders of Zion were serialized in a Russian newspaper. Uh, it's Zanma or Zanmia, Zanmia, something like that. The banner is what it's called. Uh, the Protocols of the Elders of Zion is uh, one of the worst, most destructive pieces of propaganda of all time. And in 24 chapters or protocols, allegedly minutes from meetings of Jewish leaders, the protocols describe the secret plans of Jews to rule the world by manipulating the economy, controlling the media, and fostering religious conflict. Following the Russian Revolution in 1917, anti-Bolshevik emigres uh, brought uh, the protocols to the West. Right, they're, they're heading out of their homeland. They're bringing it around other places. Soon after, editions circulated across Europe, the United States, South America, Japan, an Arabic translation first appeared in the 1920s. The propaganda flourished internationally because anti-Semitism was rampant internationally. I, I would argue that no one culture like no one specific culture had been more consistently hated and feared than the Jewish people, right? Just historically, people fear what they don't understand. And I feel like a lot of people just do not understand and have not understood uh, Jewish culture and religion. Beginning in 1920, auto magnet, Henry Ford's newspaper, the Dearborn Independent, published a series of articles based in part on the protocols. The International Jew, the book that included this series, was translated into at least 16 languages. Both Adolf Hitler and Joseph Goebbels Later, the Nazi minister of propaganda praised Ford and the international Jew. God damn it. Damn it, Henry Ford. So anti-Semitic, yet so good at building automobiles. Making me feel bad about my F-150 for a second. And I don't like that because I love my truck. You son of a bitch. Uh, 1921, the London Times presented conclusive proof that the protocols was clumsy uh, p- plagiarism. Almost no one cared. You know, just probably a bunch of uh, Illuminati Jews trying to convince us that the tricks are not tricks. Nice, nice try, Illuminati. I'm not falling for your devil tricks. Oh, Satan, you master of lies. That was like a, that was, that guy started off redneck and then got into like a weird old timey voice. The Times confirmed that the protocols had been copied in large part from a French political satire that never mentioned Jewish people. Uh, Maurice Jolet's uh, Dialogue in Hell between Machiavelli and uh, Montesquieu. That was 1864. Other investigations revealed uh, that one chapter of a Prussian novel, uh, Hermann Gutschas, uh, Beatrice, uh, 1868 also inspired the protocols. 
And they also pulled from another source we're going to talk about here very soon. So what did these books claim the Zionists were saying in their secret Yiddish power meetings? Well, here's a little excerpt from the protocols. We shall indicate the necessary of reforms as a consequence of the disorderly muddle to which the financial disorders of the Goyim have fallen. The first lack of order which we shall show lies in the fact that we begin with designating the simple budget, which grows from year to year for the following reasons. This budget is stretched until the middle of the year. Then they demand a corrective budget, which is spent in three months, after which they ask a supplementary budget, and all this ends with a liquidation budget. And as the budget of the year following is framed according to the sum of the general total, the yearly departure from the norm amounts to 50% a year, so that the yearly budget is tripled within 10 years. Thanks to such methods, which are permitted by the carelessness of the Goyim states, their treasuries have been emptied. Right? Well, I checked out some academic websites, such as UC Berkeley archives that show excerpts from the protocols and Maurice Jolie's dialogue in hell clearly plagiarized. They just took this satire and then they just added, uh, you know, uh, Jewish people uh, to, to be the characters. Like, like really, really obviously stolen. And here lies the beginning of the modern myth of Jews control all the money. This is actually where it comes from. This old propaganda, right? I'm sure you've heard that from some racist friend or something at some point or some joke. You know, the Jews control the world, the banks and the money. And people are like, well, yeah, they do. People like never look into it and see who actually. And sure, I'm sure there's some Jewish people who are CEOs. That's a whole other thing. Why uh, the Jewish culture was actually uh, ended up in banking is because, well, because it was uh, considered like usury laws or whatever. And Christianity made it like dirty for financial transactions, so the Jewish people got that job by default. And blah blah blah. Again, we talked about that in the Third Reich one, but also it was just this crazy propaganda that put that in everybody's head. Uh, you know. So the, you know, there's, and, and there's more of this kind of talk. The Jewish leaders have a, you know, a thorough plan to destabilize the global economy and use their Jewish wealth to essentially buy the world's governments and control them in secret. So now in the public's mind, the Zionists are trying to take over the world and also woven into Zionist mythology is the Illuminati and woven into the Illuminati is Freemasonry. So let's go back another hundred years or so and talk about the Illuminati origins and how this all connects. All right. So you got Freemasonry in Prussia, Bavaria. Austria in the late 18th century, and it's very disorganized, very confusing for a variety of reasons. A lot of competing orders. Uh, a lot of comp- different rites have been invented, many of which have little or nothing to do with the original notions of English craft, Freemasonry. You know, these new orders are Freemasons in name only. They're a bunch of little independent orders, l- you know, loosely Freemason-ish. Uh, and then in Bavaria in 1776, a professor of religious law named Adam Weishaupt uh, forms a group called the Order of the Perfectibilists, uh, the Perfectionists, with the notion that through mutual aid, philosophical discussions, and careful advice, it would improve morality and virtue, oppose evil, improve society, and thus reform the world. It wasn't Masonic, but it sounded Masonic. And in fact, uh, Weishaupt uh, took some of his ceremonies for uh, from Masonic ritual. Well, Weishaupt was an intellectual. He was born Jewish, baptized Catholic, educated by Jesuits, and, and now he's looking for new recruits for his new group, and he uh, joined a Masonic lodge in 1777. And through this lodge, he befriends and you know, and gains you know, has gets, gains interest from some fellow Masons who fancy themselves also intellectuals. And they quickly change the name of their new order uh, uh, to Illuminati, meaning intellectually inspired. So now they're the, now they are the Illuminati. At, at first, he only convinces four others to join him, and they adopt secret names and codes to communicate with each other. Uh, and then Weishaupt, in particular, has to keep his role in this group a secret because he's making his living as a professor of Catholic canon law at a Catholic university under the pen name of Spartacus. Uh, Weishaupt outlined a secret plan to infiltrate the Freemasons, overthrow the governments of nations and churches, take over the world, and create a new world order, we've heard that term, of tolerance and equality. 
Yep, so the Illuminati was real. Real in the sense that one dude who formed a small group uh, with that name really did want to take over the world and change it. And but, 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 Which doesn't make it necessarily evil, though. It's like he just felt, you know, like probably what a lot of us have felt, where it's like we don't like how the system is and we wish we could rebuild it to our own designs. That's all it was. He, he, it's not like he uh, wanted to build it to a place where, you know, people are being fucking sacrificed and, the, you know, and you have to openly worship the devil. It wasn't like this weird and affairs. He just, you know, didn't like the governments of his day. Okay, so in a short time, the Illuminati grew to about 2,000 members. They expanded into Belgium, Holland, Denmark, Sweden, Poland, Hungary, Italy, France. You know, and a friend of Weishaupt's, uh, Baron uh, Adolf Nigg, uh, was a well-known mason in Bavaria and assisted Weishaupt's. Uh, with developing degree rituals based on Masonic ceremonies. Unfortunately, the Illuminati attracted both the best and worst of uh, aristocratic society, and its aims began to lead far more towards the uh, destroyed government side and destroyed churches side than to improve society side. And that's where it gets the evil reputation, you know, wanting to destroy churches. But again, remember the time when, you know, the churches were destroying a lot of people's lives, right? I think that's something you cannot argue. (laughs) The Catholic Church was an oppressive regime, you know, for a lot of, you know, European history. So at the same time, Weishaupt's Catholic students at the University of uh, Ingolstadt are being increasingly pumped full of his anti-Catholic rhetoric. The Jesuits, you know, they figure out who Spartacus is, and they oust him. And then uh, as the confessors to the royalty of Europe, they had their own network of spies and infiltrators. They convinced the Bavarian government to arrest him in 1784. He flees the country, leaves behind his incriminating papers outlining the Illuminati's ambitious plans for world domination. And then they're wildly published uh, all over Europe, uh, to expose the Illuminati's secret plans, flush out other members, many of whom wound up in prison. So by 1785, the actual Illuminati has died out. And then in 1798, uh, right, 13 years later, Scottish pro-monarchist named John Robeson wrote proofs of a conspiracy against all the religions and governments of Europe carried on in the secret meetings of Freemasons, Illuminati, and reading societies collected from good authorities. That's the actual title of the book, by the way. You know, you don't see too many 29-word titles anymore because that is fucking ridiculous. Uh, apparently, he did not work with an editor. Uh, meanwhile, a French abbot named Augustin uh, Berule, uh was working on his own four-hit or four-volume work, uh, memoirs illustrating the history of Je- uh, Jacobinism. Uh, both of these works, or, or Jacobinism, uh, both of these works put forth the theory that the Illuminati had caused the French Revolution by roaming the countryside, planting the vile seeds of, of heresy uh, and, and revolt among happy and contented French peasants. Part of um, uh, Barul's works would later be plagiarized and rewritten as anti-Jewish propaganda, the notorious dun-dun-dun protocols of the elders of Zion. So you see how this all ties together? The Illuminati, the Zionists, the Freemasons, they're all working together to take over the world. Right? The Illuminati infiltrates the Freemasons. The Illuminati are also Jewish. You know, their secret plot to destroy the Christian and Muslim West, remake the world in its own Jewish-slash-Satanic image, you know, <laughs> You know, the, you know, the, and then all of a sudden that their plan is exposed when the protocols of the elders of Zion, uh, you know, are released. Those shady motherfuckers. So you can trace all the shit back to its original sources and you find out that it's just a weird game of wackadoodle dominoes. One nut writes an inflammatory book slash propaganda based most on his own, you know, wild imagination and racial and religious agenda. Then another wackadoodle, a wackadoodle reads the original nonsense book, accepts it without hesitation as absolute fact. Adds his own wackadoodle uh, auxiliary information and then kicks out another volume to be added to the library of conspiracy. You know, his domino falls onto the next nut who accepts and adds and then hits the next nut who accepts and adds and then on and on and on. Papers published nonsense presented to the public as fact. It's the idiot of the Internet before there was an internet. It's Pizzagate before there were Twitter bots. 
It's media manipulation, you know, before Trump was talking about fake news. So Hitler, you know, he believed in the Illuminati, uh, believed it to be a mix of Freemasons and Zionists. It fueled his anti, uh, you know, Semitic, you know, know, beliefs. Alex Jones, that giant fucking turd with legs who happens to look a little bit like a human being. uh, He believes in the Illuminati. Alex Jones thinks that Jared Kushner, Trump's son-in-law, is a member. Stop it. Trump is not part of the Illuminati. It's ridiculous. All right. You don't like the guy? Fine. You don't trust him? Fine. But can we please not go down the road that he's part of some secret society conspiracy? He is not. He's a guy who has old East Coast New York City money, and he just passed a tax break that's going to give him and his social circle a lot more money, and that's not part of a secret agenda. It's human nature. Of course he's going to do that. How would he not do that? He's a fucking businessman. <laughs> you know, He's not a philanthropist. I don't know what people expect sometimes from other people. Uh, and when people start pointing out all the connections between wealthy East Coast families and politicians as proof of some nefarious secret society, it drives me insane. Of course they're working together. They're in the same social circle. When you are born into or acquire a great deal of wealth, of course you're going to have a much more powerful social network than someone born Midwest poor. Right? The CEO of one of the world's most powerful banks is not going to be sipping top shelf whiskey in his downtime with the guy who just got out of jail, took a job as a janitor. What are they going to talk about? You know, people who are really good at making money know it's in their best economic interest to hang out with other people who are also really good at making money so they can all make more money, right? It's, it's not a, that's not a secret society concept, you know? But George Bush, is a, he's a member of the Skull and, Skull and Bones. Yeah, so what? It, it's a secret society. Yeah, sure is. So what? Well, they, well, they don't want us to know what they're up to. No, they fucking probably don't. You know, they're multi-generational wealth. Now, of course they want to keep the riffraff out. They're talking about politicians and business magnets that are also close family members. You know, why would, why would uh, they want you to invite, uh, you know, why would they want to invite you in to talk about your uncle who just got fired from the quick trip or your sister who just got knocked up, uh, got knocked up by the bus boy, TGI Fridays. You know, not having anything in common with someone doesn't make them evil. Being elitist doesn't equate to being the Illuminati. I don't know. To be fair, when I was younger, uh, I don't think I understood this concept. I felt like, you know, being from a small Idaho town and not having any family connections really hurt my career. And it pissed me off. And to be honest, it did hurt my career. Uh, a lot of career success is determined by who you know. And for most of my career, I haven't known too many powerful people. You know, there's a comic uh, who's huge right now, who started around the same time I did, uh, who also interned for the president of Comedy Central. And his career really exploded, and he got a lot of exposure uh, on Comedy Central. And I remember thinking that was unfair. No, it's not unfair. It's smart. I was stubborn and dumb and jealous, you know, and I, and I get that now. But I, but I think a lot of people see connected people getting a leg up from their family connections and they want to attach the term secret society to it or, or agenda. No, if your dad owns a gas station, you're going to have a better chance of getting a job at a gas station than someone else who does not have a relative who owns a gas station. Same way for the top jobs. Your dad runs an international media company. You're going to have better financial opportunities than, say, uh, my kids. Sorry, Kyler Monroe, unless you want a career in podcast research uh, or some help learning how to write a somewhat funny story. I got nothing for you. Uh, Alex Jones, by the way, in addition to uh, believing in the Illuminati, uh, also thinks Sandy Hook was a, was a false flag. Oh, my God. Right? You know, that sensationalist snake oil selling piece of shit. Can we, can we knock off the fa- false flag stuff? Th- those kids died. People in Vegas died. I talked to someone who watched people die in uh, the Vegas shootings. I, I worked in Hartford several times at a comedy club there with people who knew some of the families who were affected by Sandy Hook. It shit happened. Alex Jones may be my uh, least favorite American alive today. Uh, I get being curious. I get questioning things. This is the cult of the curious after all. But too many people today have taken curiosity outside of the limit of reasons or the the limits of reason and sanity. And suddenly everything is up for debate. It's not. The earth is fucking round. Gravity is real. Two plus two equals four. If you're questioning shit like that, it doesn't make you inquisitive. It makes you ignorant, you know, to sound mathematical principles. And look, I get the scientists can and have been wrong, right? Uh, You know, look at all the info we get about our diets. 
all the time. You know, one year, you know, it's uh, this is the worst for you. The next year, it's okay. One time, one year, eggs are terrible. The next, eggs are great. Sugar's okay. Sugar's evil. Evil, you know, fat is evil. Fat is good. After a certain amount of flip-flopping, I understand how easy it is to go kind of X-Files, you know, molder and just trust no one. I, I get the governments have and do lie to us. I do. I get that powerful people do and have manipulated the public. However, the scientific method is the most accurate method of understanding the world around us that we currently have going. It's got the best batting average, if you will. Right? Question it, fine, but please don't give it the same value as pseudoscience. That's where we get into trouble. You know, when, when wackadoodle ideas are given the same plausibility as academic ideas, you know, when you when you look at a dude with a fucking quartz crystal on his desk, recorded from a basement, the same way as you look at a guy with a doctorate, uh, we're in trouble. You know, question mainstream media and investigative journalists, but don't don't give them the same weight. You know, don't give the guy who dropped out of high school and started making conspiracy videos the same journalistic value as the guy who has a master of arts in journalism from Stanford and just gave a TED talk. And I say the same for me, man. I do my best to be honest, but you know, am I going to provide the same level of research uh, research as like a Dan Carlin? No, I'm not. He's a more thorough researcher than I am. Do I think you should accept everything I say at face value? Fuck no. I just hope that it sparks enough curiosity for you to fact check me, pursue things a little further on your own. Okay, I sorry. I felt that rant was a little important and, and related to today's topic, but but back to Freemason conspiracies. Let's talk about the trilateralists. Holy shit, this episode is really taking me back to high school. Man, growing up uh, in rural northern Idaho in the mid and late 90s as the world approached Y2K, when the computers were supposed to shut down, the economy was supposed to collapse, the one world government was supposed to take over everything. It was a strange experience. You know, I remember people uh, talking about the upcoming revolution. I was given the option of being excused uh, from some classes in high school to attend a sort of a militia meeting. God, I wish I had better recall and, and could remember exactly what went on at that meeting. Teacher of mine, Jim Updegrove, he would advise me to buy and bury guns. Stock up, man. Revolution's coming. It's all very Red Dawn-esque. There was all this talk about the trilateralists, the International Monetary Fund, the United Nations, right? One world government, the new world order. Our government was a puppet government actually controlled by a shadowy, nefarious international regime, right? The Jews were behind it all somehow, and the, and the Chinese, all very smoking, you know, smoking man from the X-Files type of shit. I remember my dad and his, his friends talking about this kind of stuff, and what I don't remember is anyone explaining uh, who these people actually were. You know, so who are the trilater- trilateralists, really? Well, the actual name of the group is the Trilateral Commission. You can find out more about them at trilateral.org. It's a non-government think tank. Uh, right there, people get scared. What, what the hell are they thinking about? Why do they got to think about shit? Uh, it's, it's a think tank, about 300 members from North America, Europe, and Japan, the dominant areas of democracy in the world, and that's it. Just a group of dudes meet from time to time to discuss how to expand and improve democracy. Members are business leaders and former government, United Nations officials, and they meet on a regular basis to publish the the papers, you know, presented at their gatherings, papers uh, frequently about issues regarding the expanding of democracy, and some of the members are Freemasons. However, Freemasons make up no larger portion of the commission than they do to society at large, and there's nothing secret about this group. Far from being secret, uh, you know, you're free to contact them and, and obtain a list of their members. Well, I went to their website, and on the front page, they do talk about David Rockefeller. And everyone knows that the wealthy, powerful Rockefellers are part of the Illuminati. Harmless group, my ass. Okay, now I got you now. I got you now. They also talk about the former U.S. Secretary of State, Henry Kissinger, another known Illuminati member, if you look at many places on the internet. Fucking lizards. WikiLeaks in 2016 did disclose secret dealings between Kissinger and the Rockefellers. There's a lot of stuff regarding secretly working with the Shah of Iran back in the early 70s. And if it's a secret, it's the Illuminati. To me, uh, looking over the details of the meetings, it just came across as the U.S. wanting to keep a country that was uh, uh, had a lot of oil, just keep them happy. 
you know, of course, uh, sometimes we do shady shit involving the Middle East, right? Of course we do. We have an oil-based economy, and they have a lot of fucking oil. I don't read Illuminati into that. I read uh, rich industrialists protecting their wealth into that. Okay, so next conspiracy, right? After the trilateralists, let's, uh, let's talk about another group people want to associate with the Freemasons. Let's talk about the Bilderberg Group. Oh, there's the Bilderberg Group, another evil, obviously satanic secret society. Uh, the Bilderberg Group was created in 1954 by the devil himself. No, it's created by Prince uh, Bernhard in uh, Osterbeek, Netherlands, and is named after the hotel where they met the first year. And I have to say, uh, Prince Bernhard does look a little lizard-like. All right, there is that. This is the first conspiracy I might buy. You know, this this he's at least half lizard if you really look at him close. This half lizard motherfucker for sure is a member of the Anunnaki, and he's been using his third eye to see control the minds of man for over fifty years from his lizard bunker two miles below sea level where he and the other lizards meet for feasts upon human virgins and, and uh, Cool Ranch Doritos. Wake up. It's all about virgins and Doritos. Uh, no, uh, Prince Bernhardt was a uh, German-born prince who married the Queen of Netherlands and was a World War II fighter pilot, war hero, went on to help establish the World Wildlife Fund, clearly part of the Illuminati agenda to keep animals around, uh, served as its first president, and over the course of his long life, he was involved in a few scandals, some which involved taking some uh, bribes. Uh, the most famous being uh, taking a bribe from Lockheed to convince the Dutch government to buy some of their planes. Yeah, he eventually did admit that. And he did have some affairs. Actually, had some children from affairs. And he ritually and satanically abused uh, some kids uh, to fulfill his Freemason obligations from time to time. But uh, no more than like five kids. So, you know, fucking whatever. No, he didn't do that. Uh, he founded the Bilderberg Group at the height of the Cold War to increase understanding between leaders of Europe and the United States. The theory was that World War III could be averted you know, in the future, if the leaders of the countries involved in the previous world wars had a chance to meet and get to know each other in an informal setting. Sounds pretty goddamn reasonable. Uh, each year, 100 government, economic, and business leaders are invited to meet and talk freely without the interference of the news media or their own constituents. Some of the notable attendees in the past have been former United States Presidents Bill Clinton, George H.W. Bush, George W. Bush, former Prime Minister of the U.K., Tony Blair, U.S. Senators John Kerry and John Edwards, Bill Gates. Beelzebub, Henry Kissinger, Satan, Donald Rumsfeld, Lucifer, Steven Spielberg. Uh, I added the devil ones, but all the rest are real. As well as, you know, some well-placed European notables. You know, conspiracy addicts see this regular media as an evil plot for like one world government. Of course they do. Yet the group uh, proposes no legislation, issues no policy statements, and takes no votes. Uh, the participants regard it as an opportunity to chat informally with people who are their international peers without CNN. You know, Fox News, BBC, Huffington Post, analyzing every fucking remark they made. You know, to just on and on and on. The list of invitees every year is no secret and is made available from its office and others. That seems 100% completely reasonable to me, especially in the social media culture we live in. Yeah, but just people can't stand it when there's like a, uh, when the doors are closed and they get, you know, it's like why people hate people in gated communities. You know, why won't they let us in? Well, because they don't fucking like your dirty ass. Stay out, right? Fucking build your own gate. If you want. <laughs> like, what is so hard to understand about that? Uh, according to their website, uh, the, the last get-together, June 9th, 12th in Dresden, Germany, the group discussed artificial intelligence. Fuck yeah. I am so fascinated by AI and robotics. Uh, by the way, new season of Black Mirror out of Netflix. They are not sponsoring this episode. I love that show so much. What a fantastic, uh, fantastic British show. The season four premiere is phenomenal. Maybe my favorite episode so far. I've seen all the first three seasons. I liked all three of them. Uh, if you're an AI nerd, uh, sci-fi nerd, oh God, you're going to love it. So much. You will thank me. It's so good. Okay. They also talked about cybersecurity, uh, chemical weapon threats, current economic issues, European strategy, globalization, Greece, Iran, Middle East, NATO, Russia, terrorism, UK, uh, USA, 
U.S. elections. Uh, the last on the list, they talked about the butcher of Rostov. What? Wh- why you do this? Wh- why you put Chikatilo in this episode? Why Bilderbobs talk about the dead killer and wrestler of children and women? You beating dead horse now. You beating dead horse like a Chikatilo beat a uh, soft shimcock. <laughs> I had to put a little Chikatilo in there. I actually at the Indianapolis show. I, I just did. I talked to some people afterwards, and they said if I if I wouldn't have slipped a, a Chikatilo reference into the show, they were going to start chanting for it. Like they they didn't, they were going to demand for it. The Bilderberg Group ha- has no association whatsoever with Freemasons, but conspiracy theorists, not caring about facts or evidence, have made the link nonetheless. Okay, and then there is the uh, conspiracy of the 33rd degrees, right? The symbolism of the Mason's 33rd degree, which is half of 66, which is almost 666. It feels evil. Remember how this came up in the John Wayne Gacy suck? Remember last week on Time Suck 68 with the edit to the internet, uh, one moron thought that Gacy being found guilty of killing 33 people was kind of a uh, an obvious nod to his crimes never actually happening. It was a false flag. He was uh, He was somehow tied to some Freemason shenanigans, you know? If you Google 33 Illuminati, a whole mess of wackadoodleness comes up. Uh, on a website called MysteriousUniverse.org, there's an article titled Number 33, Secret Societies, UFOs, Death, Destruction, and Disneyland. And the header pick used for the article is the Freemason symbol. And here's a little excerpt. In her book, The Secret of the Illuminati, Elizabeth Van Buren wrote that in spiritual numerology, the numbers 11, 22, 33 are the three master numbers, the highest being 33. The highest of these master numbers was the age of the master initiate Jesus at his death, resurrection, and ascension, giving more esoteric accents. The 33 symbolizes the highest spiritual consciousness attainable by a human being. Okay. Uh, based on the website 32nddegreemasons.org, a website of Detroit Area Freemason Lodge, here's what the 33, uh, or being a 33, 33rd, excuse me, degree Freemason means. The 33rd degrees is uh, conferred upon those members of the 32nd degree who have been outstanding in their contributions to Freemasonry, the Scottish Rite, or who have shown in their communities leadership, which marks them as men who exemplify in their daily lives the true meaning of the brotherhood of man under the fatherhood of God. It cannot be sought by application, uh, but must be such a man as described above who has been selected by the deputy of his state. He must be not less than 33 years of age and may be elected at an annual meeting of the Supreme Council, a sovereign grand inspector general of the 33rd uh, and last degree honorary member of the Supreme Council. Such election shall be by unanimous vote of the active members present taken by secret ballot. The degree is conferred at the annual meeting of the Supreme Council next succeeding the election of a candidate. And many conspiracy theorists believe that uh, the real satanic rituals of Freemasonry are carried out in uh, extra secret meetings conducted by the 33rd degree Masons. The rest of the Masons are called front porch Masons or porch Masons, right? They're not, they're not actually let in to the house for the real shit, you know? And uh, because, you know, there's a, there's a random uh, Lucifer reference in Masonic literature, Lucifer, the light bearer is known as uh, Lucifer is name attributed in scripture to Satan. The Freemasons, especially the 33rd degree Masons are devil worshipers. Actively trying to destroy Christianity. All right, here's an even crazier conspiracy. Uh, there is a Jack the Ripper Freemason conspiracy, right? Jack the Ripper, definitely a future suck. I love British history. It'd be such a good excuse just to do so many just shitty, just British accents. Uh, I started to do Russian, British accents. I got I to gotta, I gotta prep them. Anyway, 1976, Stephen Knight published a book called Jack the Ripper, The Final Solution, a book panned for numerous historical inaccuracies by actual critics. Uh, in this book, Stephen theorized that the Whitechapel killer of 1888 was, in fact, Dr. William Gull, private physician to Victoria, Queen of England, 
and Gull was a Freemason who had been ordered by the Queen or the Prime Minister to kill five London prostitutes because they knew of a secret marriage between Vicky's grandson, Prince Edward, and a prostitute named Annie Crook. And Lady Wesley was known was in line to the throne after his father, the Prince of Wales, and being married to a hooker was bad enough. Worse was that she was a Catholic and compounding a scandal. She supposedly gave birth to a daughter, and so a Freemason assassin was sent to do the Queen's dirty work. An Illuminati murderer for hire. A strange Illuminati to hire, by the way, Dr. Gull, at the time of his supposed murder spree. He was 72 years old, right? He's a 72-year-old assassin. He had a heart condition. He had recently suffered a stroke. <laughs> and, he, and he's in poor health as a 72-year-old in the late 19th century. I, figure, I, figure, I feel like that's the equivalent of like a poor health at like 90 today, right? They, got, they have a lack of knowledge about proper nutrition, physical fitness, medical care. And, and that, that's the queen's just brutal assassin. Be careful for Dr. Gull. Oh, he may look like uh, somebody who's easy to get the jump on with his with his walker and constantly clutching at his chest and pallid complexion and <laughs> and prune like prune like skin and very slow reflexes. But ooh, you get him riled up, and he'll 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 take that walker and and beat you with it if you're if you're able if you're sitting down and not paying attention and he and possibly passed out anyway. According to the theory, Dr. Gold killed the women uh, who knew about the marriage and the child, and they were, they were murdered according to Masonic ritual. You know, the, the old Mason, you know, cut them from ear to ear situation is, as described in the uh, entered apprentice, uh, apprentice penalty. Now, quick note on this penalty, because I'm not a Freemason. I cannot verify for sure that this penalty is referenced, but I, but I have found what I think to, to be the entered apprentice oath. And, and this penalty of cutting from kind of ear to ear is actually referenced. Uh, here's what it says. All this I most solemnly and sincerely promise and swear, with a firm and steadfast resolution to keep and perform the same without the least equivocation, mental reservation, or secret evasion whatsoever, binding myself under no less penalty than that of having my throat cut from ear to ear, my tongue torn out by its roots, and buried in the sands of the sea at low watermark where the tide ebbs and flows twice in twenty-four hours. Should one in the least knowingly or wittingly violate or transgress this, my entered apprentice obligation. So help me God and keep me steadfast. All right. So here's the thing. I, I get that this sounds pretty creepy and insane. Uh, that's very descriptive and terrible punishment. Uh, but let, let's assume this is the correct Freemason oath. Does that mean that this kind of evil shit actually happens? I personally do not think so. I think it's dramatic theatrical language uh, designed for pomp and pageantry. All right. Think of it this way. I remember taking an oath as a little kid to, to keep a secret, you know, where I cross my heart and hope to die. Uh, I remember being blood brothers people. I remember uh, not stepping on cracks so I wouldn't break my mom's back. You know, well, when I when I broke some of my secret promises, I didn't die, and my mom has yet to experience any back problems despite uh, me stepping on so very many cracks. Uh, occasionally, wishing to inflict real damage just to realize I actually did possess incredible incredible back breaking powers when I was annoyed with her. I'm oh, I'm grounded, huh? You sure about that? Look, lady, there's a lot of cracks in the sidewalk at school tomorrow. And I get a 30-minute recess at lunch, okay? So there's a lot of time where you won't be able to stop me from stomping on so many cracks. I'll play jump rope right on top of the biggest crack I can find. I'll find the intersection of several cracks, and that's where I'll do my jumping. I'll hit, I'll hit a triple, maybe quadruple crack 10, 20 times a minute. You want to let me keep playing Contra on my Nintendo? Or do you want to spend the next six months in tracks at the hospital? But seriously, we, we, you know, we say a lot of things we do not believe to actually be true. And if this really went on, why hasn't there been you know, many, many more ritual murders attributed to Masonic ritual? Right? Why hasn't the government stepped in and stopped the Masons? You know, just, uh, okay, guys. All right, time to shut it down. Yeah, nope, nope, no. You cannot have a club where people cannot leave without getting their throats slit. You, I mean, God, you're, you're saying that. You're actually saying that. This is very illegal. Or 
Maybe the government is nothing but Masons, and they're covering all this up. Okay, so back to Jack the Ripper. Whoever he was, he tore open a left breast or two as laid out in, a, in the fellow craft ritual. Here's what I found uh, regarding that ritual in, in what I think to be Masonic literature. It says, I furthermore promise and swear that I will not cheat, wrong, or defraud a lodge or fellow crafts or a brother of this degree, knowingly or wittingly. All this I most solemnly and sincerely promise and swear with a firm and steadfast resolution to keep and perform the same without the least equivocation, mental reservation, or self-evasion whatsoever, binding myself under no less penalty than that of having my left breast torn open, my heart plucked from thence, and given to the breasts of the field of the birds of the air as a prey. Should I, in the least, knowingly or wittingly, violate or transgress this my fellow craft obligation? So help me God and keep me steadfast. Okay, so again, clearly feels like some melodramatic theater language to me, right? But here's what I will say about this type of theater. While a rational person can see the, uh, this is intense language, uh, you know, dramatized for effect, uh, a mentally unstable person could see this as a call to action. I, I, I've worried about this with my own kind of satirical brand of comedy. It's like, I've said some pretty crazy shit on stage. Right? I've talked about sending homeless people on, uh, you know, military suicide missions. I've talked about wanting to smash the face in of a smoothie shop employee. You know, murder him, I referenced a lot of possible, I referenced a lot of homicide. You know, I talked about uh, on a bit I performed a lot but never recorded, murdering entire sections of society if I were elected president. Now, do I really, really want that? Yes, and I want you to help me, and here's how we're going to do it. No, I uh, I don't actually really, really want it. It's just it's just a way to vent frustration at the types of people I'm irritated by. It's real frustration presented in a vein of comedic absurdity. It, it's half-truth. Right? I do want to, <laughs> I do kind of want to kill some people, but I'm not going to actually do it. However, some people don't understand sarcasm and satire. They can't draw the line between fantasy and reality and their unbalanced mind. You know, they could take a Freemason ritual and, and feel compelled to carry it out. Now, does that make the whole organization an evil fellowship? No. It means they've let at least one fucking wackadoodle, you know, in as a member. So back to Jack the Ripper. Uh, Jack cut open a torso, removed the organs, even burned them as described in the Master Mason penalty. Uh, and yes, this also appears to be, you know, in that Masonic ritual, a more violent, more dramatic language. The other evidence was a message scrawled in a chalk uh, in chalk on a wall near one of the murder scenes. It said, the Jews are the men that will not be blamed for nothing. And it, and it spells Jews uh, J-U-W-E-S. Now, Sir Charles Warren, commissioner of the Metropolitan Police and a Freemason at that time, he ordered the message destroyed. Uh, because he was afraid that anti-Jewish sentiment would be inflamed and Jews would be blamed for the killings. There were several near riots and violence against Jews. You know, it had already taken place recently in London. I feel like that's a very valid thought. Uh, Knight's version is that Warren erased the words before they could be photographed in order to protect Freemasons, though. Knight believed that the, the Jews were the, were the attackers of Hiram Abuff in the, in the Master Mason degree, you know, who were named uh, Jubella, Jubello, and Jubellum. Again, I think more theater where Hiram is killed by three tra- traitors who, who all have names remarkably uh, similar to Judas. However, no one refers to the three bad guys in the Master Mason ritual as Jews. Uh, Knight's theory rests on the allegations of Joseph Sickert, who claimed that he had learned the truth from his father, Walter Sickert, a well-known eccentric and painter of the period. But in later years, Joseph retracted the entire story, you know, uh, gleefully calling it a, a whopping fib and a hoax. Mystery author Patricia Cornwell's nonfiction book, Jack the Ripper, Portrait of a Killer, Case Closed, actually makes a compelling case uh, that the Ripper was, in fact, none other than Walter Sickert himself. Well, despite this, Knight went on to write another anti-Masonic book before he died in 1985 of a brain tumor after being hit in the head during a cricket match. After his death, another anti-Mason named Martin Short, not the comic, uh, went on the radio and applied that the Masons had used an ultrasound death ray to kill him. Damn you Illuminati and your ultrasound death rays. 
God, that shit always cracks me up, man. A death ray, seriously? If they had a death ray, why don't they use it all the time? Why don't they just death ray the shit out of people left and right? You know, they were talking talking smack about him. Why, why doesn't Alex Jones get a death ray? Uh, I think even if a Freemason did commit the murders and another Freemason covered up the murders, that does not mean that the entire organization is murderous and corrupt. All right, if, if it does, then by the same logic, we should burn every Catholic church on earth, right? Burn them to the ground, imprison all their members, because there has been for sure an international pedophilia cover-up committed by that church, right? High-ranking church members, for sure, definitely covered up for pedophiles, right? There were so many pedophile scandals just in the past 100 years, and historically, crazy amount of church-sanctioned murder, you know? There was that whole pesky inquisition thing, so much murder, and I have no doubt that the Catholic Church did want to rule the world. You know, at one point, the Pope did rule most of the known world. You know, I'm sure would love to still. I'm sure, I'm sure it's had many a secret meeting. I'm sure, you know, secret meetings still occur. It's a big organization. Does that mean that all of today's Catholics or that the current Catholic hierarchy is secretive and corrupt? Yes, it does. The Pope is Lucifina. And Lucifina is the Pope. Wake the fuck up. No, I'm kidding. Of course, the Pope is a space lizard, right? And his fucking Pope hat is actually a moon based thought control device some kind of communicator he beams his lizard thoughts to the moon through his pope hat that's why it's big it has a lot of room for the fucking electronics <laughs> and then the lizards working in the moon you know the moon thought control base they beam the thoughts back to earth's freemason lodges and then freemasons beam the thought manipulation waves to the communities around the lodges and if this rant is ever cut out of context and put out on the internet and goes viral there is a very good chance i will ask to be a guest on the alex jones show Anywho, I think you get my point. The corruption of a few members is not inherent proof of the corruption of an entire organization. That's a little logic problem with these conspiracies. And speaking of Alex Jones, uh, before we discuss more conspiracy and more Freemasonry, let's check in with that wonderful idiot of the Internet. Idiots of the Internet. Uh, For today's idiocy. I Googled Alex Jones Freemasons and an old video came up called uh, 360 Degrees in Masonry. <laughs> oh man, he just he just goes bananas and he gets, you know, starts talking about the Rothschilds, you know, and he starts talking about how like, man, it's all this stuff is, you know, Illuminati stuff. It's all there in the encyclopedia. Just the, the Rothschilds have been funding Illuminati assassins. It's part of documented history, you know, back in like the 18th century. No, it's not. No, it, no, it is actually not part of documented history. Now, um, uh, uh, because Alex Jones, though, in this video I watched, he did not go as crazy as uh, he normally does. He actually kind of stood up for some parts of Freemasonry. His followers turn on him in the comment section. It's fantastic. Uh, first comment is from user Sam London. Alex Jones is a Mason himself, controlled by the elite. Right. Right. That makes sense. The elite are forcing this Looney Tune to go on YouTube every week and make insane conspiracy rants. That makes, that makes total sense. They're, they're putting him up to it. They're putting him up to it. Uh, user Chris Cornerstone uh, posts, Alex Jones, a.k.a. Bill Hicks, is a controlled opposition shill, a CIA asset. Okay, if you don't know who Bill Hicks is, he was a fantastic underground comedian who actually uh, died of pancreatic cancer at the age of 32 and 94. And he's a huge influence on my comedy. I listened to his albums a ton my first few years in the road, and he would have hated Alex Jones. Uh, he was also a conspiracy guy, but not the sort of snake oil salesman, actual ge- demons are controlling our government. You know, the Illuminati is putting poison in the chemtrails, you know, kind of guy that Alex Jones is. He had some interesting thoughts, but he, he didn't take it that far, and he wasn't as kind of mean-spirited as Jones can be. Uh, and, he, and he was born 13 years before Alex Jones, but Mr. Cornerstone thinks that they're the same person. Uh, now, that, now, they do look like they could be cousins, but, you know, Hicks died. I know one of Hicks' best friends, comedian Dwight Slade, 
who would recognize his childhood friend and former roommate if Hicks was Jones. If he had somehow morphed into Jones. And this YouTube nut thinks the CIA faked Hicks' death so he could stop being an amazing comedian who's just about to break through and be famous and morph into an alt-right lunatic media pundit. Like, because that's what the CIA wants to happen. That's what the elites need to happen. The shit, it's, it's so convoluted. It just amazes me when some of these people, I just picture them in a basement, just fucking connecting dots on a wall. You know, it's like, it just, it screams like schizophrenia or something. It just screams like mental illness. It's so out there. Like, but this human being out there, at least one, like in his day-to-day life, he just believes that this comedian from the 80s was fucking, his death was faked by the CIA. And then instead of being like put into hiding, he's just, he's just reborn as Alex Jones. Like, What? How does that fund any agenda? I don't get it. Okay. Then then there's user Thomas Gamble. Oh, this is this was a, a rare idiot. Just we'll start gold. There's gold in this here thread. Is there's Thomas Gamble idiot gold. This guy, he is fucking something else. Uh he doesn't seem to understand that you can write a lot of commentary in just one YouTube post. He posts eleven times in a row. Uh his first one, he says, type in Collins Bloodlines and you will find the website and explain John Todd he was real. Okay. So I did as I instructed. First site that comes up when you when you Google Collins Bloodlines is uh, Biblioteca, and it's uh, Pleiades, Pleiades, and I and I looked up Biblioteca Pleiades, and according to RationalWikipedia.com, it's it's a website that archives information about alternative medicine, conspiracies, New Age, paranormal, pseudo history, pseudoscience, and UFO. Love it. Uh, so it's so good. It's, it's content is written mostly in English. Uh, Spanish makes up a, a significant minority of content, about 35%. Uh, Biblioteca Pleiades is Spanish for, um, uh, Pleiades library. Unsurprisingly, uh, much of the information gathered is claimed to come from the, uh, Pleiadians and the Pleiadians are a race of aliens, supposedly, who are very concerned about the well-being and future of humanity. Uh, and they're named after a collection of stars from where they came. Yes, th- this shit just keeps getting better. Like this, is, there's a bunch of people out there who truly believe that uh, an alien race known as the uh, Pleiadians are working with the fucking New World Order, and <laughs> Alex Jones is one of their puppets. Oh my god! Well, the, the the Collins bloodline is, according to this fantastic website, one of the top thirteen Illuminati families in the world. And here's just a little taste of what is written about them. <laughs> this is this is great. The following is a description of a highly secret, high-level satanic meeting. It comes via an ex-insider who is now a Christian. If any other ex-hierarchy person is reading this, perhaps this will trigger some memories for you. This experience dates to 1955. This is a meeting that is held twice yearly and to which the Rothschilds and all the other mother families attend. The meeting is inside a big room, and the grandmother on the throne was a Collins. The Collins family has been kept out of the limelight because they have more occult power than the Rothschilds or the Rockefellers. To make money, this Collins family does something financially, such as deal with the exchange of money. I love the vague understanding of what they actually do. Right? Just I, Look, I can, say, I can say with certainty that these people are the top of the Illuminati. They are the highest level. How do they make their preposterous amounts of money? How, how do they fund their occult agendas? Well, they do... Uh, they do something. They do something with uh, uh, with uh, with finance. Yes, they, that's how they make money. They do something financial. They do something in the realm of finance to make. You fucking idiot. And then the insanity goes on. I've noticed that numerous Collins have been insurance executives, and although I haven't exposed the connections between insurance companies and the New World Order, 
there is a book out which shows how they how which shows how they this is his quote fucked up it doesn't make any sense which shows how they most insurance companies are connected and under the guidance of the new world order elite oh so that's why insurance premiums are so high it's not because these fuckers are always squeezing their customers to increase their profit margins to appease the wall street shareholders it's because the insurance companies are under the guidance of the new world order elite yes of course it's the only thing that makes sense insurance ceos bowing before the reptilian overlords just yes you will raise your premiums by 7% in the coming year. And you will also let 14% more humans die of curable diseases. We have Americans right where we want them. If only we could infiltrate the Canadians. Damn them and their socialized medicine. Why do they make it so hard for us to control them? America was so easy to topple. How do these wily Canucks thwart us at every turnses? And now more awesomeness. The Grandmother Collins, dressed in black, has an ebony and gold moon-shaped throne that she can automatically rotate by pushing a pedal with her foot. Behind her sits the Grand Council with 13 members. This might be, or might not be, the Grand Druid Council that you will read about further on. I love how cartoonishly evil this is. <laughs> it, it really is like a Cobra Commander or something or like a Skeletor. It's just like fucking preposterously childishly evil, right? Get the fuck out. Like, there's this lady sitting in, in, her, in her moon throne all in black, just rotating, <laughs> rotating around, controlling it with her pedal as the, as the 13 council members sit around her like this is some weird Star Wars, you know, evil empire shit. This has never happened. What, what an exciting imaginary world some people believe in, uh, live in, right? Who, people who believe in this shit. I wish a study could be done to show the correlation between the level of education and belief in the Illuminati. I, I'm guessing a significantly higher level of people who never finished high school believe uh, in the Illuminati compared to people with PhDs. Okay, so back to the post of Thomas Gamble. <laughs> I didn't have time to find John Todd. I mean, he, he wrote like fucking 50 pages on just this one block. There was so much nonsense. Uh, it would have taken hours just to explain this one, one post, but here, here's his, here's his second thing. He said, uh, he says, Collins is Illuminati and they use Hollywood through the, cons- to throw the conspiracy. He says to through the conspiracy, but that's why it's hard. This guy doesn't write there. Well, to use it Hollywood to throw the conspiracy in front of your face. The entertainment agenda is covered up by the star group controlled by Kissinger. This group is under Tavistock Behavioral Think Tank since 1919, a worldwide or international organization. I love worldwide or international. It's either worldwide or worse. It's international. It's the fucking same thing, dummy. Our international organization controlling all colleges and universities for psyops, collecting children for use, manipulations of colleges, MKUltra, etc., Oh, so that's why I couldn't break into television when I moved to Los Angeles. You know, it wasn't because I refused to take acting classes and that I hated auditions and I was very bad at acting. It's because the star group had not indoctrinated me. They hadn't deemed me worthy of furthering their new world order agenda. Damn it. God, if only I went to the right party, you know, and met the right, you know, cloak wearing, eyes wide shut motherfuckers, I could have gotten a sitcom. God dang it. Uh, And then Thomas goes on and on. And it gets really, really hard to understand what he's referencing. It just gets uh, more and more insane. Uh, he, he does leave this little idiot nugget at one point. <laughs> he says, the purpose of Disney, Illuminati member, look it up. Sci-fi 
is to put the truth in front of you so you would not believe it. Hide the truth in plain sight. That's a phrase they fucking love. Conspiracy, just lunatics. Hide the truth in plain sight. Oh, the Disney, the Disney movies. That That's why they're making sci-fi movies. Here, I foolishly thought that all of these superhero movies they were making, they were doing it because uh, superhero movies have a built-in audience of comic book nerds and they make hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars at the box office fucking consistently. And then hundreds more millions through international distribution and merchandise licensing. Like a total moron, I thought it was about money. Lots and lots, like so much fucking money. So, so much. But no, turns out it's to pave the way for the arrival of the Illuminati, right? It's to, it's to allow them to roll out their futuristic agenda right in front of us. You know, it's to allow them to roll out their Illuminati agenda, which apparently has a, something to do with Thor and Captain America. The Captain Illuminati. Well I, well, I Googled this Thomas Gamble to see if he has a website, and of course he does. Of course he does. How could he not? If you're curious, it's watchmanforjesus.com. He's the watchman, you guys. He's the watchman. I can hear some of my Christian listeners groaning right now. Just, oh, why do these fucking idiots have to make us look bad? Look, I know that this dude does not represent Christianity. I really do. I also know uh, that, you know, uh, that I need to share a tiny sampling of one of his most recent blog posts because it's fantastic. Uh, he recently posted a timeline for the New World Order. And it's very long. It's over 83,000 words long, which would equate to like six full time suck episodes. So clearly way too much info to discuss here. But here's a fun uh, few little moments. Here's a so by December 20, 1781, the Masons and Illuminati agreed to form together in a marriage not really known by Masons under the 33rd degree unless they study on their own. Many people tend to blame the Jews for our problems, but there are there but they too are for the most part also slaves. Jewish law does, however, govern the entire world. Yep, the whole thing. You see, we are cows. The IRS is a company who milks the cows in the United States is the veterinarian who takes care of the herd and Great Britain is the owner of the farm. <laughs> okay. Uh, 1826, one Captain William Morgan decided it was his duty to inform all Masons and the general public that the full proof was regarding the Illuminati, their secret plans, intended objectives, and reveal the identities of the masterminds of the conspiracy. The Illuminati promptly tried Morgan in absentia and convicted him of treason. Remember him from uh, part one, William Morgan? He was the Mason who was going to expose the secrets and he was kidnapped, likely killed, uh, right? Uh, he was never tried for treason. Uh, man, but here's, here it is, everything we talked about. It's all, it's all there with Thomas, man. Fear of secret Jewish leaders. You know, they controlled the world. Their law controls the world. Freemason Illuminati agenda. The connection to William Morgan's disappearance, the old lies and half troops just keeps swirling around in these nutters' heads. Oh my God, I love the fucking milk cow analogy. Well, as much fun as I'm having, I, I don't have a full week to devote to only Thomas Gamble. Uh, his idiocy never ends, it never stops. But we are done with him today, at least, on today's Idiots of the Internet. Idiots of the Internet. Okay. Next big important conspiracy, did you know that Washington, D.C. was built by George Washington as a monument to the devil himself? No? Well, congratulations, you're not a paranoid, superstitious moron. Uh, Massachusetts Avenue, Rhode Island Avenue, Connecticut Avenue, Vermont Avenue, K Street Northwest do form a five-pointed pentagram. Our nation was founded by an evil Freemason who turned our very capital into a portal to hell. This is what some people actually believe. Uh, you know Thomas Gamble believes his shit. Well, it turns out old Georgie Freemason Washington did not have a lot to do with the design. Washington hired uh, Pierre uh, Charles Levenfant to create the design of our new federal city, but it was the Secretary of State Thomas Jefferson who made the initial recommendations of building and street placement based on the topography of the land and his own ideas, and Thomas Jefferson was not a Freemason. 
And even if they did choose to build the streets into a five-pointed star, that doesn't mean that they were honoring the devil. Not everyone chooses to believe that a five-pointed star is an evil symbol. Uh, where does that symbol actually come from? It does show up with the Freemasons. Uh, a Freemason appendant group, the Order of the Eastern Star, uses it. I feel like most of us, uh, people like myself, who were raised Christian or are Christian, uh, have just been told that the pentagram is a symbol of the devil. And it does show up all the time in occult film and literature. So why? Well, the pentagram, the five-sided star, is one of the oldest symbols in humankind. It goes back around 8,000 years. It goes back to the cradle of civilization, back to the Tigris-Euphrates region of the Middle East. It shows up in Christianity, Islam, Judaism, and more. Uh, it's used by modern Wic- Wiccans. It means different things, different people. You know, for Wiccans, for example, the five points represent earth, sky, fire, water, and spirit. Showed up with the ancient Sumerians. Five points believed by scholars to represent either the four corners of the earth and the vault of heaven or the five visible planets of the night sky, Jupiter, Mercury, uh, Mars, Saturn, Venus, with Venus as a representative of the queen of heaven. In ancient Greece, the Pythagoreans called the uh, pentagram, uh, they called it Hygieia, uh, also, also the name of the Greek goddess of health, and saw in the pentagram a mathematical perfection, which would later come to be known as the golden ratio. Golden ratio is a special number that I will not claim to fully understand. Uh, not having a, a strong, hard science background, uh, but it's found by dividing the line into two parts so that the uh, longer part divided by the smaller part is um, also equal to the whole length divided by the longer part. Is often symbolized using phi uh, after the 21st letter of the Greek alphabet. Uh, the number can be seen in ancient architecture like the Great Pyramids and the Parthenon. In the Great Pyramid of Giza, the length of each side of the base is 756 feet with a height of 481 feet. The ratio of the base to the height is uh, roughly 1.5717, which is close to the golden ratio. Uh, Plato considered the golden ratio to be the most universally binding of all mathematical relationships. Later, Euclid linked the golden ratio to the construction of a pentagram. Uh, Da Vinci himself used the golden ratio to define all the proportions in his Last Supper. That painting, including the dimensions of the table and the proportion to the walls and backgrounds. The golden ratio also appears in Da Vinci's Vitruvian Man, the famous sketch of the dude superimposed into two arm and leg positions, and the Mona Lisa. Other artists who employed the golden ratio include Michelangelo, Raphael, Rembrandt, Salvador Dali, others. Uh, the Pythagoreans, uh, so named after Pythagoras, a mathematician, you know, back in uh, 6th century BCE, uh, well, 580 to 500 BC, uh, who he encourages followers to, uh, to seek out truth and acknowledgement. And, and then they were driven underground due to some political uprisings and revolts in 5th century uh, Greece BCE that they, they happened to be on the wrong side of uh, the politics. And they, they used the pentagram to identify themselves to each other, signing letters and communications with it. Well, during this time, the pentagram represented the five points of a human being, two feet, two hands, one head. Uh, then in medieval Europe, this symbol began to be attributed to the occult by various theologians and authors like Heinrich Cornelius Agrippa. Uh, then in the mid-19th century, various religious folk of the day decided that a pentagram with one point up was good, but a pentagram with two points up was evil. Uh, I think this is similar to the whole upside-down cross phenomena, which I get on some level. Like if a, if a symbol is considered you know, to be like the best, like it's to be godlike, heavenly, then I guess the exact opposite, the inverse of that must be hell evil. Uh, so like most of our ancient symbols, the original meaning is no longer the current association. The pentagram has mathematical roots, not satanic roots. Uh, and there are so many other conspiracies like, uh, that Aleister Crowley was a Freemason, you know, future time suck topic. Aleister was a British occultist. He was an astrologist, a chemist, a heroin addict, a sexual predator, a dude who loved to shock the public, loved to scare people. And, uh, what he, he wasn't recognized, uh, though, as a member of a regular Masonic lodge. 
And again, because there's no central governing agency, some irregular lodges, uh, such as one in Mexico, uh, did claim him to be a member. And again, those places can pop up and claim to be Freemason lodgers, but not actually follow Freemason teachings. Uh, the Freemasons are also supposedly behind uh, the faked moon landing. Uh, they supposedly founded the KKK. Uh, they're part of the Bohemian Grove Secret Society. They founded the IRS. That's right. When you didn't get that refund you were hoping for, don't get mad at the IRS. You get mad at the Freemasons. D- damn you, Freemasons, for taking my tax return. Uh, 9-11 terrorist attacks were planned by the Freemasons. Uh, Time Suck was started by Freemasons. Uh, and uh, I got, well, I feel, like, I feel like a real asshole for holding this back from me the whole time. But uh, Nimrod is actually an ancient Freemason god. Yes, Nimrod. Uh, he's mentioned in the Bible in the books of both Genesis and Chronicles. He was, he was the king of Shinar. Part of ancient Mesopotamia. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord and he began to be mighty in the earth. And he historically has been associated with the Tower of Babel. Well, legend has it he built it. And, and who could build such a massive monument in Assyria, a.k.a. Mesopotamia, the cradle of civilization referenced as the land of Nimrod? Who could build that tower nearly tall enough to reach heaven itself? The Freemasons. That's who. Yes, Nimrod is the original leader of the Freemasons. You've been listening to Freemasonry this whole time. He was also there uh, for the Temple of Solomon. How? Because he was not a man. He was a god. Is a god. And he put part of his Nimrod spirit into various historical warriors. And then God destroyed his Tower of Babel. And that's when he got really annoyed. He got annoyed about it. And he created Lucifina to tempt God. And he commanded the Freemasons to scatter around the earth and set up lodges to either control the world or confuse and irritate scared dumb people. Which is it? Only Nimrod knows. It is only his will to tell. Hail Nimrod. Now he has his followers stomp Cocker Spaniel puppies to death to pay tribute to him because that is symbolic. Don't you get it? The puppies are smashed to represent God smashing his precious tower because he loved his precious tower in a way that we love puppies, I think. Look, it is all very confusing. Nimrod is to be obeyed more than he is to be understood. Only Nimrod understands Nimrod. Sometimes. Sometimes he's confused by himself. And we are only to understand, you know, that we are to hail him, I think. So hail Nimrod. Whew. Okay, I'm back. And we might have one more legit conspiracy to talk about. Uh, the Knights Templar conspiracy. Uh, there was a Masonic order that called itself the Knights Templar. The dates back to 1895 in its current form. Templar, by the way, according to everything I've found, can be pronounced either Templar or Templar. I like Templar. Okay, so in any, any real sense, you know, the modern Freemason order, it's associated with the original Knights Templar, just in name only. Uh, you know, the group made famous in American pop culture uh, by Dan Brown's Da Vinci Code, the book, and then the movie about the Holy Grail actually being Mary Magdalene, who Christ impregnated and the Knights Templar have been protecting Christ's bloodline, etc., etc., all fiction, all speculation, wackadoodle, domino plane. Uh, because they were a secret order uh, as well, in some senses, there has been historical speculation about the Knights Templar really, you know, having found the Holy Grail or the Ark of the Covenant and that it was actually some type of powerful object capable of turning the tides of war. And whoever had it could use it to rule the world And then the mythology of the Knights Templar gets woven into the mythology of the Illuminati, which gets woven into the Freemasons. And, uh, you know, any supposedly bad or evil secret society seems to end up getting associated with Freemasonry. And now some conspiracy theorists think that the Freemasons slash Illuminati possess whatever powerful religious object or bloodline the Templars, uh, you know, once found. My favorite graphic novel, actually, Garth Ennis's uh, Preacher, the graphic novel the AM, uh, the AMC show is based on, uh, does a hilarious parody of what the Knights Templar is actually guarding. Very irreverent, but very funny if you're not easily offended, uh, religious-wise. Uh, Ennis is, is not for the squeamish or the sensitive. Uh, anyone, or anyhow, I, 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 don't, I don't think anything important is being hidden by this group of Freemasons. The Masonic Knights Templar is an unusual order, though. From, from what I found, it does not accept members from a variety of faith. It only accepts Christian members. Okay, so, so you know, 
Uh, so that's some analysis of some of the conspiracies surrounding Freemasonry. And why are there so many? You know, uh, you know, if there's smoke, there has to be fire, right? No, actually there doesn't. I think the reason there's so many conspiracies is because, A, they use a lot of weird symbols, and, you know, and they have unusual ceremonies, and that kind of shit has always scared the hell out of a large number of idolatry-fearing uh, Christian fundamentalists. It just has. And that's not a, you know, shitting on them. It just, you know, it just uh, opposes their belief system and kind of freaks them out. And so when these people get scared, you know, they, they tend to believe, blame the devil. So, you know, it gets a satanic association. And then B, you know, they're arguably the most successful secret clubhouse the past few hundred years in terms of total number of members. And a good amount of those members have been historically significant people, you know, and whenever a lot of different members of the same group become very successful, it screams conspiracy to certain people. You know, just the game is rigged, man. You can't get ahead unless you're in the inner circle. They're pulling strings, man. Wake up. You know, and then finally, there's C, the whole secret, you know, uh, keeping things. Secrets drive people insane, which is why they're so fun to keep. I can't wait to have a variety of secret suck code words, inside jokes, maybe get some handshakes going. Why not, man? Maybe get some new symbols, you know, eventually. It's fun. I get it now. Uh, but some people assume that if information is being withheld, it's harmful information. It's bad, evil information. So that's what I think. Or who knows, though? You know, maybe they're running the world. You know, it's not like I've been to the meetings. You know, they all say they're not. But, you know, if, if, if they were running the world, that's exactly what they would say. Damn you, Illuminati. Okay, time for some top five takeaways. Time suck. Top five takeaways. Number one, the all-seeing Freemason eye is not based on the Illuminati. It's based on the biblical Old Testament God. At least that's what the devil told me at a secret 33rd degree Scottish Rite ceremony. Number two, the trilateralists are not trying to take over the world. They're trying to make it better. Stop fearing some sort of new world order and accept that some version of that is inevitable, actually. The world is getting smaller and smaller. We'd have to work together to keep it going. Number three, the real Illuminati never had more than 2,000 members, and it was squashed well over 200 years ago. They never took over shit. The fake Illuminati is more active than ever, and they have taken over everything, including time suck. Number four, not only do the protocols of the elders of Zion or protocols of the elders of Zion have nothing to do with Freemasons. They also have nothing to do with Jewish people. It was anti-Semitic Russian propaganda and comically plagiarized propaganda at that. And then number five, new info. There is a current Freemason ruckus happening in England right now. Masons in the police in London have been accused of covering up for fellow members and favoring them for promotion, according to an issue of The Guardian just a few days ago. When the late Sir Kenneth Newman became commissioner of the Metropolitan Police in 1982, he outlined his thoughts on how his officers should behave in what became known as the Little Blue Book. All right, his passage on Freemasonry noted delicately that the discerning officer will probably consider it uh, wise to forego the prospect of pleasure and social advantage in Freemasonry so as to enjoy the unreserved regard of all those around him. They warned him to not join the Freemasons. More than 30 years later, uh, it was coming as a surprise to many that membership uh, of the Freemasons still causing disquiet within the force. Steve White, the retiring chair of the Police Federation, which represents rank and file officers, told The Guardian right, this past week that he and his colleagues suspected the Freemasons within the service have been hampering reforms and acting in an obstructive way. I find it odd, he added, that there are pockets of the organization where a significant number of representatives are Freemasons. They may not control the world, but Freemasons may have been controlling certain portions of the British police force. Critics of the Freemasons say the organization is uh, secretive, serves the interest of its members above public interest. The Freemasons over in England just say that they're once again being unfairly discriminated against. Still controversy over the secrecy. The battle over who they really are and what they're really up to rages on. Time suck. Top five takeaways. Okay, part two has been sucked. Praise Bojangles. Praise Mike or motherfucking McDonald. Big thanks to sweet sucker James. So much soul velvet Ingram. 
they may not have appeared in today's suck, but they sucked in spirit. And uh, so much Freemasonry was sucked. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, it's one of those kind of never-ending episodes or potentially never-ending episodes. So I just threw what I thought was the most interesting in there and and hope uh, it made it entertaining for you. If you want to learn more, uh, you know, I guess you're just going to have to join a lodge, you know. Or if you're a lady sucker, convince a dude you know to join and, and make him share all of his secrets. Uh, big thanks to Todd McComas and Barstool Sports, uh, the guys at the Heartland Radio uh, podcast. Man, what a fun show, man. The Heartland Radio podcast, so much fun. You, you can hear the episode I was on today. It's out now. Uh, such good chemistry, such a funny group of dudes, and I love the structure of the show. Man, Barstool Sports Studio, Pat McAfee, or McAfee, excuse me, built in Indianapolis is unreal, too, man. Basketball court, free weights area, huge workstation area, producer's booth, nicer than most radio stations, just impressive. So well done, guys. Well done. And uh, well, suckers, uh, as shown on the at Secret Space Lizards Instagram, we are announcing the contest invites now to the 2018 Space Lizard Elite event hosted at the Time Suck headquarters right here in CDA, Idaho. This is a private, small gathering of Space Lizards. Come hang out with, with me and the Time Suck team. Come meet other Space Lizards. Bond is a real cult of the curious. The qualifiers to enter the contest were... One, write a message explaining what it means to be a space lizard. You know, email it email it uh, to Harmony Velocamp. Post a selfie in your Time Suck swag. Use the hashtag Space Lizard Elite Entry. And then comment on your favorite Time Suck episode. Well, the winners of the 2018 Space Lizard Elite event are Megan Howell and Thomas Moore. So congratulations from everyone at Time Suck. Uh, Megan's favorite episode is Scientology and, and the Heavens. I guess it's a tie. Uh, Scientology and Heavens Gate uh, cult. Uh, and Jim Jones is, is a three-way tie. Uh, she says she loves a good cult. Megan's entry says, what's cracking time suck team? Hope you fuckers are great. <laughs> I love it. Uh, my name is Meg and I live and breathe the suck. I started listening around the time that that bonus episode about Vlad came out. I've been a, a really big Dan fan, coining that term uh, since stand-up comedy was available on Pandora. Never had the pleasure of seeing him live, but it's honestly always been a huge help of mine that I would. Being a time sucker means so much to me because I don't feel so strange anymore for wanting to learn about weird as fuck subjects <laughs> like H.H. H. Holmes or the Blood Countess. I don't feel like the odd one out when I'm talking to suckers and I bring up how interesting I think the way Vlad would have uh, impaled people is. The suck community is so unique. It's a beautifully strange family of people that come from all walks of life to learn and laugh. I'm really bad with writing. I'm, I'm more of an oral person. Ha. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Basically, I fucking love time suck and I super fucking love being a sucker. I love that being a sucker means to be part of a group that embraces knowledge instead of hiding from it, which is really hard to find. So hail Nimrod. And thanks for creating the sucking shit. Meg J. Hal Whitman. Loyal sucker ah oh, well thank you meg very 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 nice thank you megan how oh that was uh, i really appreciate that and then the next entry was uh thomas you know and thomas says his favorite episode was chief crazy horse oh, that's cool i like that um thomas's entry says dear lizard reverend dr cadet harmony uh servant to the almighty suck nobleman and godfather <laughs> dr Cummins. To me, being a space lizard means being part of something that is much larger than myself. I fell in love with Dan's style of comedy in July of 2016. Just so happened that soon after he had a small show in Moscow, Idaho. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was luck that I even heard about the show, and it was even more lucky to get a last-minute ticket. After that show, I knew I would follow Dan's comedy for the rest of my life, and this is when he also introduced me to Time Suck. After this show, for about two weeks, I binge-watched all the episodes and quickly felt, felt at home with the podcast. Prior to this, I've never felt such a strong connection towards a group organization in my life, but I am all in. Being part of a of the secret space lizards makes life more bearable. Few people in my life have had the opportunity to fill their mediocre ear holes with a pleasant tickling sensation. That is the suck. But as I spread the word, I see that there is uh, no unsatisfied customer when it comes to suck. Well, that's that's nice. There's a couple of people on iTunes who disagree, uh, but that's very nice. To me, the cult of the curious is a way of life, and I couldn't imagine my life without it. Being a space lizard means screaming tri triple M at the top of your lungs. Yamo time suck. 
uh, just to realize that you are the only one there that has been enlightened with the teachings of our sweet Reverend Dr. Dan Cummins. I love everything that Time Suck has taught me, and I love being part of the mildly crazy yet always amazing cult. Yeah, that's fair. Please, please, please choose me to be uh, to get to hang out with Dan. Well, you were chosen. Uh, your inferior lizard friend, Thomas Moore. Awesome. That is awesome. Uh, thanks, Megan and Thomas. You guys truly suck so hard. You'll be receiving your official personal invitation via email shortly from our events coordinator, Harmony. In honor of all this suck love, Time Suck will be sponsoring one more ticket to the event next week. So same contest rules apply. So just see at Secret Space Lizards on Instagram for details. Contact Harmony Velocamp at harmony at timesuckpodcast.com on how to win. Find out the last golden ticket. Uh, I'm so glad people are excited about that. That's also strange for me. It's funny. Uh, as a comic, you put yourself to be the center of attention, but I'm actually socially never very comfortable with that. So I'm grateful and uh, uncomfortable in a good way. Uh, okay. Time for some more quick tour dates. Uh, Brea, California, March 8th through 11th. Charlotte, North Carolina, April 8th. Atlanta, April 9th. Birmingham, Alabama, April 10th. Huntsville, Alabama, April 11th. Nashville, Alabama. Kidding. Nashville, Tennessee, April 12th. San Francisco, Alabama, April 25th through 27th. That's California. Sacramento, Alabama. You get the joke by now. May 10th through 12th. Tempe, Alabama. La Jolla, California, California Alabama. Tamp- Tampa, Alabama. Miami, Alabama. West Palm, Alabama. Chicago, Alabama. More Alabama dates coming up. Uh, about to add a few uh, dates in Texas, Alabama as well, in Houston, Alabama, and Dallas, Alabama. <laughs> if you don't, why do I love Alabama right now? If you don't already, listen to Time Suck on the Time Suck app, show notes, podcast player, more starting in February. Place to be able to download and listen to the Secret Suck. Five bucks a month for Secret Suck each week. New stand up album, exclusive merch access, ability to vote on topics, 20% discount, non lizard merch. Two new albums previously in recorded material coming out. You know, one on Pandora on January 24th. More info soon. You can listen to it all in order. You don't have to bounce around like a normal Pandora station. Another album, Feel the Heat, going to be for the for the premium space lizards. You'll be able to sign up for that soon on Patreon. I'm actually meeting with the Bit Elixir app developers today. Going to figure out a solid timeline to get everything done. And if enough of you sign up and become space lizards, I will be able to continue to add more features to the app, build out the community of the cult of the curious. Uh, and also the Time Suck store, other than stickers, is, is currently completely restocked. Hoodies, hats, t-shirts, and more. All at TimeSuckPodcast.com. Thanks to Sydney Shy for killing it on social media. Harmony Velikamp for organizing all this fucking positive energy with a get-together and more. Jesse Dobner for his kick-ass editing work on the first two-thirds of this episode. Man, I sent it to him last minute. I felt terrible, but he still fucking stayed up late and worked on it. Thanks to all of you who write in, listen, spread the word, buy merch, come to shows. God, I love meeting you guys at shows. Uh, click the Amazon link at TimeSuckPodcast.com. Uh, support the show while you shop. Uh, and thanks for spreading the word with your families and friends. Man, I met people in Indianapolis. So, you know, they brought all their coworkers who now are time suckers. And it just fucking makes this whole thing possible. Uh, appreciate the wonderful iTunes ratings and reviews. Over 2,300 reviews now. Man, we're keeping those bonus sucks coming. And, uh, and it helps so, so much when you review. Man, do it anywhere. Do it everywhere. Every review helps. It's like how Yelp works for a restaurant. Someone's looking for a new podcast. They look at the reviews. You spread the suck every time you do that. Okay, next week, the Jersey Devil. Bo Jangles, research, research intern extraordinaire, Rebecca Lilly, has given me a huge stack of Jersey Devil research to suck into this next com- this next Monday. The legend of the Jersey Devil uh, goes at least as far back as the 1700s. Believers are convinced this creature is immortal. Uh, some have claimed to see it die, only to see it come back again. Some describe the creature as having a horse's head, bat wings, and a tail. Perhaps some ancient rival of Nimrod. Uh, some think the devil is a pterodactyl. Just, you know, just a lone pterodactyl. Somehow uh, still surviving in Jersey. Uh, some think the Jersey Devil sprang forth fully formed from Bon Jovi's teased up butt rock banks during a shot through the heart encore after a show in Atlantic City. 
Some think the Jersey Devil is currently the President of the United States, or at least lives in his hair. Okay. Maybe only I have tossed out Bon Jovi and Trump as possibilities for the Jersey Devil, but there are a lot of possibilities out there. We're going paranormal on the suck next week, and I'm excited. I have a rock-hard excitement boner for the Jersey Devil, and I cannot wait to suck it. The Jersey Devil, not my own boner. Okay. Now that it's nice and awkward, let's get into some of those Time Sucker updates. Updates. Get your Time Sucker updates. First update from an anonymous Freemason who writes in saying, In regards to the Freemason episode, the part one pronunciation thing, uh, Hiram Abiff is pronounced Hiram Abuff. Thank you. I think I got that right earlier because of your update. Armstrong, Glenn, and Aldrin as well as a good amount of astronauts are brothers. Uh, Steve uh, Wozniak, co-founder of Apple's brother, Freemasonry in the Wild West, Buffalo Bill, Davy Crockett, even the Duke, John Wayne, brothers. I'm guessing because it was just a cool thing to do back in the day. Uh, some say the planning of the Boston Tea Party was made in the Masonic Lodge, the Green Dragon Tavern, Tavern at the bottom, Grand Lodge of Massachusetts upstairs. Truman, President Truman was the Grand Master Mason of Missouri, and his funeral had a secret Masonic portion to it. Similar how there is a picture of Washington at the cornerstone ceremony uh, in every lodge, there is a picture of Truman in full Masonic Grand Lodge regalia somewhere in every lodge as well. Man, secret funeral portion? No wonder you guys fucking people think you're weirdos. You guys may want to rethink the secret funeral rites. That screams evil society. You have to know that. After listening to Two Freemason Sucks, I hope you realize I don't actually think you are evil, uh, but you are begging for harassment and speculation when you have a secret funeral rite. Uh, and yeah, when you say the Wild West guys and the Duke joined because it was a cool thing to do at the time, I bet a lot of people, you know, joined for that reason, right? I mean, isn't that why a lot of us join a group? It seems cool. Uh, really appreciate the extra info, uh, Mason sucker. Sounds like you guys have a cool thing going and, and you've had one for a long time. Uh, next update comes in from a time sucker considering becoming a Freemason. Time sucker, uh, uh, Patrick Lisk writes in saying, dear master of all that is sucky. My intro actually has something to do with my question. After listening to part of Part one of your suck on Freemasonry, I decided to try and sign up. While I cannot wait to be a space lizard, I have been looking for a way to get more involved in my local area in Ohio. I was surprised to find that the third requirement on the Ohio page for Freemasons is the belief in a higher being. This seems to go against what you and the other Masons you spoke to within the cult of the curious had said. Have you come across anything in your research that might shed some light on the best way for me to participate in the Masons locally if I personally am atheist? Okay, so I did look. He sent me the link. I did look it up. Uh, hopefully some Masons uh, hear this and write back in with some answers. I wrote Patrick back saying he should call the secretary of the lodge. I found there was a number on the site uh, that I found through the link and just ask the, the secretary if atheists are permitted to join. Uh, I, I looked at the sign up for this particular lodge, and it does say that it requires a belief in a higher power to join. And I do know that one of the official tenets for entry into Freemasons is belief in a higher power. But I, but I also know that some lodges have softened on that stance. I'm guessing it's a lodge by lodge decision, and especially with membership low in many areas. I feel like as long as you have, you know, the overall interest in being a good person and becoming a better person through Freemasonry, and you're willing to pay some annual dues, you're going to get a shot at, at joining. Uh, that's what I would think, but maybe I'm wrong. So, you know, Freemason uh, suckers, let me know if you could. Another Mason question comes in from Time Sucker Brandy uh, Scardina. Brandy writes, "Just listen to part one of the Freemasons before listening. The only thing I knew about them was uh, from a friend." who used to be in a club of sorts uh, where girls would serve dinner to the Masons. They weren't allowed to speak during this. I don't know. As a mother of girls, it seems off to me, and I'm curious what that's about. I believe it was called Job's Daughters. Well, Brandy, according to what I found, I, I looked some stuff up based on your question, Job's Daughters International is the name of the Freemasons group you're thinking of. Now, it's an organization of young women between the ages of 10 and 20 who are related to a Master Mason. They're the daughters of Master Masons. 
And according to freemasoninformation.com, throughout the year, they perform service projects to help the community, less fortunate, other charities. Uh, they actively support the Hearing Impaired Kids Endowment Hike Fund, which purchases hearing assistant devices for hearing impaired children. They teach individual leadership by holding various offices within, within Job's Daughters. Various scholarships are offered on a state and national level. And according to literally every other website I came across about them, they, they are the girls are sold into human sex trafficking uh, for the entire period of membership which I personally find a little disturbing. You know, they're moved from lodge to lodge. Uh, they're forced to participate in satanic sex rituals with old Illuminati men and their reptilian overlords. Um, but, you know, I mean, if it's uh, your group wants to do that, then what, who, what the fucking who am I? You know, you get in the way of that. No, of course that doesn't happen. Of course I made up that last shit. Uh, no, they're uh, they're just, uh, you know, uh, they're, they seem to be just a girl's youth group for daughters of master masons. And again, uh, you know, I, I do remind, you know, that Freemasons are a fraternal order, so it is a men's only club. The silence while serving thing is probably just some kind of tradition. I, I don't think they have to serve every meal or anything. Based on what I found, it's not like that's what their organization is about. It's not like you sign up just to become a silent meal server <laughs> to the Freemasons. Does not like sound doesn't sound like that's the purpose of that organization, which would which would be alarming. So I, I hope that information was helpful. Final update from the wonderful Midwest time sucker Laura Spears. I met Laura and her boyfriend David Halsley this past Saturday in Indiana. Talked to them for a while after the show. Asked Laura to tell uh, to tell me what David had given me after the show because he gave me a little gift, and she said she uh, that he gave me a CB combat stitch. And this is the second time recently veterans give me something after a show that they earned in service, and I and I felt like I could have teared up both times. Man, just such an honor. Uh, David asked me to look into the CBs, and here is a brief description of this organization. Uh, the CBs formed the Naval Construction Force of the United States Navy. Naval Construction Battalions were conceived as a replacement for civilian construction companies working for the U.S. Navy after the United States was drawn into World War II with the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor. And these guys just didn't build safe places. David saw combat. He saw death. He worked on building barriers between Pakistan and Afghanistan. And I cannot thank him enough for his service. Uh, the CBs would consist of skilled workers that would be trained to drop their tools if necessary and take up their weapons at a moment's notice to defend themselves, which they've had to do many, many times in their history. Their motto is can do. And since 1955, CBs have been sent to Antarctica for numerous construction missions where they are clearly building a flat earth ice wall. Damn it, David. I, fuck it, I knew you were Illuminati the first second I saw you. I knew it. You've been down there hiding the truth, you fucking NASA puppet. But seriously, uh, they do head down to Antarctica and build things like a 6,000-foot-long uh, uh, ice runway on uh, McMurdo Sound. McMurdo. Sorry, McMurdo Sound. That's a weird – that sounds like an Illuminati name. McMurdo. McMurder. Hmm. They do all kinds of stuff, though, for real. So thank you, David. And thank you to all of our servicemen and women and their families for protecting uh, democracy and protecting shit like the suck. Thanks, time suckers. I needed that. We all did. So that's all for today. Uh, that's all for today. Happy birthday again to Josh, uh, our engineer. Happy birthday to my kids, too. Happy birthday to Kyler Monroe. Uh, Monroe, she's turning 10 tomorrow, and Kyler's turning 12 on Friday. God dang it. Bubba's 12 and Momo's 10. They grow up so fast, and they are amazing kids. I am lucky to have and privileged to be a part of their lives. Love those two little little humans with all my heart. And if you ever become part of the Illuminati, uh, kids, uh, please help out your dad. Please, please, please. Also, for the rest of your lives, keep on sucking.
Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.